Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title of what give God give me is Life in Life. And it means Jesus' life manifested in our life. We got to allow the life of God to be manifested in us and through us. That's what it means to have life in life. In John 10, 10, that scripture tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We could see that with all the testimonies this morning where the enemy has come in. That's what a testimony is. It's where the enemy has come in to destroy something, but God turned it around. That's, that's, that's the definition of a testimony. <laughs> the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he comes after the life of God. That's what he comes after. He comes to steal our hopes. He comes to steal our dreams. He comes to steal our destiny. He comes to steal our purpose. But in John 10, 10, the last part of that verse says this. It says, I, Jesus, am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That word life actually means breath, spirit, that they might have breath. And when it says abundant life, if you look up that word, it means excessive. It carries it to another level, excessive life. But it doesn't mean excessive stuff. Excessive things. If you've got excessive life flowing in you, you don't have to have excessive stuff. <laughs> An example of that is the five loaves and two fish. Jesus had five loaves and two fish to feed that multitude with. He did not have excessive food. But he had excessive life. And because he had excessive life, abundant life, the supernatural invaded. That's what happens with excessive life, with abundant life. The supernatural invades. Another example of excessive life or abundant life. Come time to pay their taxes. 
one of the disciples said, it's time to pay our taxes. You'll like this one, John. <laughs> Jesus told him to go fishing. <laughs> go fishing. And take the first fish that you catch and take the coin out of his mouth and pay our taxes with it. Jesus wasn't concerned about whether he had money in his money bag. That didn't bother him. He said, go fishing. Because he had, he had access to the supernatural realm. That's excessive life. When you have access to the supernatural realm. In Ezekiel 37, this is the story where the dry bones were in the valley. And God told Ezekiel to prophesy over them, to pray over them. And God said, Let's, let me read that one. Ezekiel 37. Start at verse 5. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. We'll skip on down to verse 8. Well, let's start in verse 7. It says, So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. <laughs> they looked like a human. They were a human being at this point, but there was no breath in them. Verse 9 then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say unto the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. That's what he was doing this morning. He comes in to breathe upon his people. <laughs> You've got a dead area. The Holy Ghost wants to breathe upon that area. Hey, shakara today. See, when it says breathe, that word means to inflate. The Holy Ghost wants to come in and inflate whatever has gone flat. <laughs> you got a flat tire in your life, the Holy Ghost wants to breathe on it. You got a flat checkbook, you know. You know what a flat line is. You know, your heart's doing this, and then all of a sudden it goes. Zzz, zzz. We've seen the pictures. That's dead. The Holy Ghost comes in and breathes upon it, brings life back into it. Hallelujah. In Genesis 2, 7, tells us that God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. That's what happens at salvation. We surrender our life up to Jesus, and he breathes upon it and inflates it with the Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah. He inflates it with the Holy Ghost. Hmm. I'm going to skip a little bit. He inflates our life with the Holy Ghost. Breathe upon us, God. Deuteronomy 30, 19. We've heard this over lots of times probably where God says, I set before you life and death. See, he gives us a choice. Life and death. Blessing and cursing. That seems like a no-brainer. But yet he still has to tell us, choose life. No, who in their right mind would choose anything else? But still he had to say, choose life. Choose life. And in verse, it goes on down in that verse. Let me find it. Let's go to Deuteronomy 19. It says that both thou and thy seed may live. That's what I was wanting to see. Choose life that both you and your seed may live. Our choices affect more than me. It affects our seed. Our seed, one thing that our seed is, is our children. The way my father was raised affected the way I was raised, which in turn affected the way I respond to things, which in turn affected the way I raised my son. The seeds that he sowed that were sown into him affected what was sown into me. So we, choose, we can choose life or death for our seed. And not just our seed as far as children. We've been taught here that everything we do is a seed. Every word you speak, every action is a seed. So we can choose to sow a seed of life or we can choose to sow a seed of death. We can choose to sow seeds of life or death in our in relationships. How we respond to people. That's a seed that is sown. Is it a life seed or is it a death seed? See, the devil sows seeds too. He understands that principle. He's, we heard testimonies this morning of him sowing seeds before they ever got here. Whispering in their ear. Uh, you'll wake up. Like he told Monica's dad, you'll wake up. No, he would make sure you slept real good today. <laughs> he was trying to sow a seed to keep him from coming. Hallelujah. And I know some of you that gave your testimony, the devil's tried to sow a seed to keep you from getting up and testifying. I know he did. 
but God sowed a seed, and it overtook his seed. Hallelujah. We talk about sowing seed and multiplying, and one of the big areas that people struggle in is in their finances. In Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says that what we sow, we reap. We sow to the flesh, we reap corruption. Sow to the spirit, we reap life. You ever seen anybody that's continually in strife? They're, they're striving all the time. They're, they're in it with somebody all the time. They're sowing seeds of strife. And that's what they're reaping. More strife. You see somebody that sows seeds of love like Elder Paul. That's, when you get around Elder Paul, he's going he's gonna to show you some love. Elder Paul's going to reap love. He don't have no choice. <laughs> he's going to because that's what he sows. Malachi 3.10 and Luke 6.38. They both tell us how to choose life in our finances. Think about that. They tell us how, to, God told us in those two scriptures, how to choose life. It says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me, now herewith, see God's not afraid, he says, try it. Says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you shall not have room enough to receive it. That is sowing a seed of life into your finances. Let's look at Luke, Luke 6, 38. Hallelujah. See, we have a choice. God always gives us a choice. It says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. That brings life into your finances. It brings life into your finances. So how, the big question then is, how do we have God's life in our life? That's a big question right there that we've got to have an answer to. How do I get God's life in my life? Matthew eleven twelve says And from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. We have to take it. We take it in prayer. That's where our warfare is. We take it in prayer. That's how we take the God, God's life into our life. God spoke to me probably been 
maybe a couple of years ago. I was walking across, walking through my backyard, and I heard him. He, he said it just as plain as day. He said, aggressively pursue life for life. And I knew exactly what he meant. He meant that I had to aggressively seek him. I had to aggressively seek his life for the rest of my life. If I was going to have his life operating through me, I've got to go after it. I've got to seek it. I've got to pursue it. I've got to make time for it. I've got to pray. I've got to do warfare. I'll have to pull down some strongholds. That's how you aggressively pursue God's life. Because the enemy's not going to just hand it over to you. Aggressively means in a determined and forceful way. A determined and forceful way. That means I don't quit. When a little obstacle comes up, I don't quit. I keep pressing. I keep going. Jesus pursued his destiny aggressively. And Luke twenty two forty four tells us that Jesus prayed and he sweat great drops of blood. He pursued his destiny to that degree. <laughs> he pursued the life of God. He pursued what God had for him to that degree. He was at war with the enemy in that garden when he prayed. I'm not saying we'll have to go to that length, but Jesus did. He paved the way for that. I saw, I was just thinking the other day about what Jesus did on the cross. We were talking about it some in communion. You know what Jesus did on the cross was so powerful that it stretched all the way back to Adam. And it goes as far in the other direction as long as the earth remains. There was salvation released all the way back to Adam. Think about that. It wasn't when he died on the cross that from that point on people could be saved. It went back all the way to Adam. 1 Peter 3.19 says, Jesus went and preached unto the spirits in prison. When you look at that scripture, that scripture is talking about he went and preached to those that died before he ever came on the scene. Those three days... He wasn't just laying in the grave waiting to be resurrected. He had work to do. He went and preached to all of those souls that ne never 
knew him all the way back to Adam. <laughs> That's how powerful what he did was. He went all the way back and gave them an opportunity and says, I am the Son of God. I'm what you were looking for. And gave them the opportunity to receive him. And then, if that's not enough, it goes the other direction. As long as the earth remains until God, till he comes back and raptures. Well, it comes, it goes until judgment day, till the battle of Armageddon. Any soul in between that point and then can be saved. That's how powerful what he did on the cross is. From the very beginning of mankind to the very ending of mankind. That's what it did. That's what the life of God did. Romans 8, 11. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, make alive or give life your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So we have the life of God in us. I have the life of God in me. There's no way Robert Jones could come off this platform. I don't care if, how much oil I put on my hands and lay my hands on anybody and anything happen without the life of God. So it ain't me. I'm nothing but I'm a connection between heaven and earth. That's all he's called us to be is we're a connection between the supernatural realm and the earth realm. When he says in Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what he's talking about. We touch heaven so that we can bring that connection to earth. That's our purpose. So that we can breathe the life of God into somebody else. We all, we all struggle in some areas. Some of us struggle in every area to some degree. Let's just get real. <laughs> Don't none of us walk in 100% victory in, in, I doubt, in one area that we walk 100% victory in. I've still got a flesh here. But it is possible. Jesus did it. But we have to let the life of God overtake our life to be able to walk in 100% victory. The more we allow him to overtake our life, the percentage of victory increases. The percentage of victory increases. <laughs> so that's why we never give up. We never give up. 
Our job is to breathe the life of God into somebody else. That's what we do. Is to breathe the life of God into somebody else. And we all can do that because we all have the Holy Ghost. We just got to let him rise up and be who he is. <laughs> so I'm going to give y'all, I don't know, we've had several altar calls, I think, already. That's okay. I'm going to give y'all an opportunity. If you want the breath of God breathed upon you, I want you to come down. I'm going to pray for you. I'm actually going to get me one of these so I don't offend nobody. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not saying I'm going to breathe all up in your face. But if God tells me to, I will. But if you want the life of God to increase, you want to experience the life of God on another level, then I want to pray for you. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.